Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We make decisions every day. What to eat, how to dress, how many hours we spend scrolling social media. We make millions of tiny decisions every day. Many of them are acceptable, but how many are truly beneficial to our faith journey? You might ask, how do I identify the essentials of life? How do I separate the temporary from the eternal? In this week's message of the week, we continue our Lost Worship series with a message from Pastor Jen Tyler. She shares from Hebrews 12 and challenges us to discern which things in life are worth pursuing for the sake of eternity. What things can we cling to so we are unshaken? Here is the First Church message of the week. Why don't you pray with me? Faithful and loving God, in this time that we gather to listen for your voice in our midst, we ask that you would open our ears that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak would be of you. Amen. So when I think of loud and distracting things or things that create a little bit of extra chaos in my life, I think of things that are probably in your life too. Things like technology. Technology is so great when it works, isn't it? Whether it's uh, through worshiping online today, as I know many of you all are, a special welcome to our online worshipers, or, or maybe those who are listening through our podcast that we're able to put out into the world so people can join us in that way as well. Maybe the technology is the screens we use, whether ones like that you watch television are on or ones here, or those little handheld computers we call our phones that we carry everywhere with us. Uh, Or maybe some of the technology we've come to depend the most on are the things that we don't think about until they don't work properly, right? So especially here, most of us have a vehicle that relies on technology to get us from A to B. Or if you're like me, your house is full of technology things that you really don't think about until they don't work, like when I had to replace a hot water heater on Friday. Aren't those things fun, right? Technology is great when it works. But one of the things that I have really appreciated about technology lately is how easy it makes it to be nostalgic. Now, when I say nostalgic, I know that can be a really loaded word because nostalgia has its place in time, right? I think that with all things, it can be dangerous to get caught up in what we miss about the past while we should be looking towards the future. But also it can be really fun. So technology is, it can help with nostalgia because I know that we have some of you all that I see on your Facebook feeds, for example, you love to post pictures of items on Facebook and say, do you even know what this is? Because we haven't used them in 20 years, right? You've seen those posts? I recently came across an ad on that someone had shared purely for the nostalgia. They remembered this TV commercial from many years ago, one I personally don't remember, but that really resonated with me. It's an ad from the 1970s from a stock brokerage firm, EF Hutton. And well, I want to we're going to watch this ad together and we'll see if you remember it. Let's watch. 
You'll never forget the purchase of a good stock. You don't say, yeah, my broker says it's a real good buy. What does your broker say? Well, my broker's E.F. Hutton. And Hutton says... When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Anybody remember that? I see lots of nods, right? That's a brilliant ad, isn't it? So clever, I think. To imagine this moment when people are so eager to hear what an important person has to say that literally the world seemed to stop in that moment as everyone turns all but cupping your ears to listen carefully because you don't want to miss a word. You don't want to give anything but complete and undivided attention in that moment. And it makes me wonder in our lives here today, what are the things in our lives that we give that level of undivided attention to? What occasions or people or practices are so important in our lives that when the opportunity comes up for us to be able to engage, we stop everything else to give all of our energies to this one thing in that moment? Do you do this in your life? Maybe for things or events, maybe for people, children, grandchildren, grandparents, other family. Maybe there's a certain person that you think is so wise that whenever they speak, you pause because you look up to them and you want to hear what they have to offer. Maybe, and I hope this is true, maybe God gets that kind of unfiltered attention. Do we give God that kind of attention? that unrelenting, undivided kind of attention. I wonder if not already in your life, if we might all react a bit this way, if say God showed up to speak clearly in our midst here in this place today. Do you think that if God showed up in a tangible way in this place, we would all stop everything we were doing eagerly to listen and to lean in And then to be so excited about what we heard that we would make sure to share that good news with every other person we met because we would want them to benefit from this wisdom as well, right? I I think that many of us would be quick to respond that, of course, we would do that. And if we know that we long to do that, because this is God we're talking about after all, I can't also help to wonder if maybe, possibly, God has actually already been speaking to us in our midst throughout our lives, but that maybe we've missed it here and there. Because maybe we have failed to listen to that voice of God spoken to us through people in our midst whom God is using as a vessel. Maybe we have not taken proper time to listen and not just to speak in our times of personal prayer. Maybe it's other stuff, like we're in such a hurry that we don't stop to watch the sunrise, or you're like me, I'd rather be asleep than watch the sunrise, let alone a sunset is what I meant the first time. But I'd rather sleep most mornings, especially in the summer when it's very early. Maybe there are other moments that God just wants to give you a little wink, right? Like, I admit that I am someone, I love children. As the opening worship song, I snuck to the back to greet a new baby that I hadn't had a chance to meet yet this summer, right? And yet, when I think of the belovedness of children in our midst, I hope that you love having children in worship as I do. 
And I wonder if you've ever been next to the child who's screaming bloody murder and thought, I'm so glad they're here. And while maybe many of us, I hope, really do that in worship, have you ever done that on an airplane? You ever had the screaming toddler on the flight next to you? I remember my first international flight. It was a long one. It was 14 hours on one plane. And I had the wonderful gift of having a lap child who was about 18 months next to me who screamed for about 12 of those hours. And I have to tell you, my first response to that wasn't gratitude. And yet, maybe in those moments, there's an opportunity for us to embody, extend, and see the grace and love of the world within and around us. Now, I know that some of these examples are harder than others. All of them are a little lighthearted and real examples, but they remind us of what's a little bit deeper to that point, don't they? That God comes to us in some of those simple and everyday things, even if not in the most convenient ones. And it's up to us to make sure that we are creating space to listen and to see. Because when we stop listening or when we only listen to the importance that, to the things that are not as important or life-giving as God wants them to be, those are the times in our lives that we end up lost, lost from our way, lost from the things that should be our priorities, lost from the hope and the light and the love of Jesus. As instead, then we start focusing on our own priorities or on the things of life that are material or fleeting or a distraction from what God wants to invite us into. Perhaps this, for me, is the greatest gift I've been able to take away from my time away over this past summer. It was that space to just be and to create space to listen more, with more intentionality and intent, with a more open and a willing spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. As I've told many of you, I did do things that kept me busy, at least bodily. But, you know, you have a lot of time to not speak to anyone or even listen to music when you're power washing a fence, right? There's a lot of time to pray and to not just pray with words, but to listen for how God might be leading you in a new direction. And while I too get distracted by some of these things I've already named, some of those are harder to put away than others. And yet I'm reminded that we all always have a choice. And so I want to invite you to choose differently, to join with me in a different kind of intentionality today as we lean in a little bit closer, trying to be more open to listening and hearing and seeing God with intent and intentionality. Almost as if we're the ones who are leaning in with those hands cupped over our ears to listen for the voice of God that is at work within and around us. And to do so not just in these intentional times that we set aside, but in those unexpected times throughout our moments too. Because God calls us in all kinds of times and places. And our scripture reading that I want to share with us today, it comes from Hebrews chapter 12. And it is a reminder of how God's presence and voice often come in unexpected and intangible places. And so as I prepare to read this passage, I want to note that there is a lot of allegory in this, pa in this passage, and it's okay if we don't understand all of it. 
But from the very opening verses, we are describing God who comes to us throughout scripture in some tangible ways, right? Like when God comes as a burning bush, the first and the last verses in the passage I will read talk about God being a blazing fire. So remember that these are images of God who does come to us often in surprising ways as we hear this word from Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 18. It reads, You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem and to the innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. Here ends our reading today. Now, as I said before, sometimes I think all these metaphors and references to other scripture passages and scripture can be a little confusing, but I wonder if you heard some of the invitation found in the midst of these. Because in addition to invitations found in verse 25 that asks us to listen carefully, as it says to us, it says, see that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. We're also offered a different kind of invitation here, such as the one found in verse 27. Here in this verse, we have an invitation to remember what our true essentials are. Essentials that are not things that we can shake. As it says once more, the removal of what is shaken of created things. That, so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. In other words, this is trying to say to us that we should be focusing on and putting our energies into not the created things of this world, not things at all, really. Not the stuff that the world tells us our essentials should be, such as our phones or technologies or even your work or responsibilities and burdens or stressors in your life. Those things, it tells us, will be shaken away. They will be taken away right alongside those other things that hold you back, your sins and shortcomings, 
fears and afflictions. And when those things are all taken away by God, we are assured that we will be able to more fully live into a life that we have always been meant for. A life in which we are left only with that which is of God. Things that are left unshaken as it is will help us to be steadfast in our faith. What are those essentials that you would want to be left with in your life? What are the essentials of your life? Are they gifts like hope, faith, love of God, neighbor, community? How would your priorities be different if you were given this new kind of lens and lease on life? If everything else were shaken away from you, what would still remain? Because those questions are what points, what are pointed to here in this passage. And it is the kind of life that God longs for you to live. And God longs for you to live that life, by the way, not just off in some far off future when God comes to you in these tangible ways as described here, but God wants those things for you in the here and now as well. Because we are invited in this way to separate the temporary things of our lives from the eternal ones and to take time to identify the most essential parts of who we are, of what we have, and of how God is calling us to live so that we can focus together on these essentials as we seek to grow in love, in faith, and relationship with our God. So that wherever you are in life, whatever you bring with you today, whatever your past and present journeys have led you through in life, whether you are feeling lost and alone today, or maybe you feel like you're finally starting to get back on track, or maybe you've been there a while and you are here to continue growing deeper in your discipleship as you follow Jesus. Whatever you bring with you today, may you keep those true essentials that are of God ever closer to you. May you find grace and peace and patience in abundance as you find your way, as we all make our way closer to Jesus, hoping and holding close in the Lord our God, who draws near this and every day that we might all find rest in our faith and in our trust in God. And that when that day comes, when we are shaken, we would know that with God, we will never be left alone and we will always have these things that remain. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the countless ways that you journey with us throughout our lives. We thank you that in you, our faith truly is unshaken and ask that you would help our faith and trust in you to truly be unshaken this and every day as we draw closer to you and as we focus more and more on the ways that you call us, lead us, and guide us. In the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. 
This has been the First Church Message of the Week.